Welcome to Casual Conversations, brought to you by Momentum Ministries, helping you attain, maintain, and regain spiritual momentum. Today's Casual Conversation features thoughts from Rev. Jim Thrower of Columbia, South Carolina, who will help us consider, what if we had just one month to live? What would we change? What would we keep the same? Let's join Pastor Scott and Rev. Thrower as they discuss one month to live. Thank you, Amy, and good morning to all our listeners. This is Pastor Scott, and I'm glad that you have decided to make casual conversations a part of your day. I hope that uh, this uh, conversation is a blessing to you. And as Amy mentioned, our guest today is Reverend Jim Thrower. Good morning, Jim. Morning, Scott. Good to see you. Hey, it's great to see you. Thank you for coming on. I don't know, you and I were talking about it just a moment ago before we uh, came on the recording that uh, you've been on our podcast before and uh, we yeah. were trying to figure out the date. It was back in April, April wow. of 22, and this is 23, January 23. And it's like, it couldn't be that long ago. I know, I know. I checked my notes, Jim, and, and you you are officially eight months older than you were when we did this before. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I, our listeners probably uh, remember that great message that you brought to us, how God moved you from surveying to yeah. preaching. And what a great story has God got a hold of your life. And, and uh, I was, I was glad that you were able to tell that story. And now, uh, Jim, you and I have known each other for what, about 30 years? At least. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We were fellow pastors in uh, North Carolina. And then as an evangelist, I know you came and, and preached in a church for me. And uh, we were reconnected then a, a few years ago when I moved to South Carolina. Yeah. And then uh, I became the interim pastor where you and Connie are members. Indeed. And, and what a blessing it was to serve the Lord and the people of Columbia First Church right alongside you and uh, Connie and the other pastors in the folks there at Columbia first. Well, without giving away your age, I think we've kind of hinted at that a little bit already. How many years, Jim, have you been preaching the gospel? Uh, well, to, this will be, this is 42 years, Scott. Oh, wow. That is great. Soon be 43. Thank you for your faithfulness. Um, you're, you're ahead of me. I'm not saying in age, but I'm just saying in experience and wisdom, you are ahead of me. What are you doing right now? Actually, uh, I spend a lot of time. I do a lot of fill-in work, uh, Scott, uh, pulpit supply for guys when they take time away. Uh, also do a lot of reading and a lot of writing, trying to figure out exactly what I'm going to be doing as, uh, as time moves ahead. Now, wait a minute. You, you didn't tell me this before. You, if, if you mentioned to me, and you know I'm publishing and writing and publishing books, uh -oh. and I'm always looking for uh, people to help me with that. So now that I know you're a writer, just look out. Your phone will be ringing, buddy. <laughs> well, hey, listen, that, the, that's not that's not the issue. Anybody can write. Making it coherent is the issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can always blame our readers on, on <laughs> that incoherence. So, <laughs> well, just for fun, I know ministry has changed for you and going through pastoral ministry and then into evangelism and then into interim work or back to pastoral ministry, yeah, interim yeah. work, and now fill in work. So ministry's changed for you, but what about ministry has been the uh, biggest change that uh, you've noted in the 43 years that you've been in ministry? I, 
I think in the shift, uh, Scott, in, in the way that the church itself functions and is perceived in the culture. Uh, when I started out, uh, the church was the hub. It, it was where everything happened. The idea was to bring people to the church and involve them in the church and, you know, expose them to the gospel there, obviously trying to win people to the Lord all the way through the process. Everything that we had had an evangelistic uh, mindset to it, an emphasis in it with the idea of advancing the kingdom and introducing the kingdom of God into the hearts of people. Uh, today, it seems that the church is more outside the walls of the church, which is not necessarily a bad thing, uh, but uh, that's been a big shift for me in, in understanding you know, how the church functions. Okay, one thing that uh, comes to my mind as you talk about the church and the relationship to the community, how it was kind of centered on the community was centered on the church. Mm -hmm. um, you and I both have been on mission trips. And one mm -hmm. thing that I noticed uh, when we were in Guatemala, the fact that uh, when they built towns in, in some of these places, the Catholic church would, mm -hmm. would build the church it'd become the town square. Yeah. And they, they'd have in front of the church, they'd have a park and everybody just gathered at the church. Yeah. We came to church, didn't we? Now we're we, now we the did. church is, and it, and like you said, it's not a bad thing, yeah. but the emphasis seems to be more on outside the walls of the church. And, well, and and trying to understand how to balance that, Scott. Uh, you know, I know nothing of non-church Christianity, and that's that's the hardest thing for me is that uh, we seem to be in a in a culture today that that is pushing the those parameters, and so I still think. Uh, my wife and I traveled to Italy years ago to visit our children when they were overseas in the military. And you're right, in those little Italian uh, communities, those towns, in the center square with the fountain in the church. Yes. And everything flowed into that. And so uh -huh. I still think there's some great and meaningful uh, uh, imagery in that. I do too. And um, I'm glad we're going out. But I still think we need to bring them in. Churchless Christianity. Yeah. You're singing. Yeah. You're singing my tune right there because I, mm -hmm. I just can't understand people that, that talk about being a church for people who don't like the church. If you don't like the church, then yeah, what do you uh, like about Jesus? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'll get off my soap. That's another. Myself. That's a whole other session. <laughs> I think we could do that, couldn't we? Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could. A couple old guys could just grumble about things. Well, like you know what? I, listen, it began in the home, and and whatever we do in the name of Jesus, we just need to do well, Scott. Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's the key, my brother. Uh, I, could, I could be a house church, but I'd be I'd still be trying to bring people to my house. Amen. <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. Well, we better get on with the, the yeah. topic of for today's uh, podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple months ago, you and I discussed this uh, topic, uh, one month to live. And I got really excited about exploring that idea. And, and then as you and I talked about it, we came up with a plan that, that you need to come back on casual conversations and share with our listeners what God had put on your heart. And um, the way we developed that is the first Tuesday of the month for the first four months of the year here, we're, we're going to have you on to talk about the topic of one month to live. And then we'll give our listeners a month to process it and to put it into, uh, in, into usage. Um, so then we'll come back and have you do another one. So we'll do that in uh, January, February, March, and April. So um, 
it's going to be exciting for us to take this journey together. You and I have thought about it a long time. It's new to our listeners, but I hope that they'll uh, join with us in this journey. So let's go ahead and, uh, and get started. How did you come up with this uh, idea, One Month to Live? Well, actually, Scott, it, it probably has been in seed a part of my life and your life and the life of every pastor uh, forever anyway in the sense that uh, Aristotle, the ancient Greek philosopher, said every man lives as though he's going to live a thousand years. And that's the human condition. And we understand that. But when I came across a book, you know, 10 or so years ago, entitled One Month to Live, the title gripped me. Because, uh, you know, that's, an, that's certainly a sobering concept. None of us likes to think about our mortality. But the reality of it is every one of us is on a journey from the time we are born to the time that we meet the Lord. And so uh, I was intrigued by the title. And when I got into it, what I discovered is the, uh, the author, Reverend Kerry Shook, uh, posed some really, really interesting questions. Uh, I'm not wanting to do a book review in what we do here, but I'm taking basically his idea and I've, I've kind of molded it around my own thoughts. And, and that's what I want to share with us. But he asked things like, uh, how would you live if you knew you had 30 days to live? You know, what kind of uh, things would you do? What would be the focus of your life? What would your priorities become? Who would you want to have a conversation with? What would that conversation be? And, and I mean, all of that stuff just pushed the fluff away. And, and made you take a good, long, hard look at your mortality. Often we do that, Scott, if we attend a funeral service or something like that, it forces us into that moment. But wouldn't it be, you know, be nice to be able to, to look at life that way? Uh, well, I, I noticed um, one of the things that, uh, that you had, had mentioned in, in talking about the, uh, the funeral service, it makes me think about the, uh, the tombstone and the mm -hmm. lift. Uh, you, you mentioned living the dash. So I think if I'm following you right, living the dash is related to what, what you're talking about here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Shook uses the illustration of walking into a cemetery and I'm not going to unfold it like he did, but when you walk in and you see the, the memorial plates or the headstones in the cemetery, all of them have two dates, uh, one, the date of birth, the other, the date of their, their death, and there's a dash in between. And, and that dash, he says, signifies the life lived. And if you really stop and think about it, uh, most of us have little to, we have no control over who our parents are or where we were born. Those, the first dash is, is not of our choosing. But the, 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 I mean, the first date is not of our choosing, but the dash in between from the time we're born to the time we meet the Lord indeed is ours to make choices in. And, and the, the concept coming out of the book that, that was so fascinating to me was wouldn't it be marvelous to live life now uh, so that if you discovered that you had 30 days to live, you would not have to change one thing about who you are. And Jesus certainly set that example for us. Uh, his life was framed by principles by which he lived that uh, it did not affect anything as he made his way to Calvary. All right. So um, I'm going to have you unpack a little bit of this, but before we do that, let's take a quick break and hear from Momentum Ministries, and then we'll be right back. 
Are you living with momentum or are you just drifting through life? Our desire at Momentum Ministries is to help you live each day with spiritual momentum. Pastor Scott is a registered evangelist in the Church of the Nazarene and wants to help churches and individuals experience revival to regain spiritual momentum. He already has a few revival meetings scheduled and would like to schedule more, but he needs your help. Would you partner with Pastor Scott in this ministry of evangelism? You can do this in a few ways. First, you can pray for this ministry. You can also share the news with those who might wish to call Pastor Scott for a revival meeting. Finally, you can give financially to enable Pastor Scott to go places that otherwise could not afford to have a revival. You can do that on our website, MomentumMinistries.org. Now, let's get back to today's podcast. Okay, it's great to be back. Thank you, uh, Reverend Jim Thrower, for being on with us today. As we consider if we had just one month to live, I believe you were talking about how uh, Jesus uh, lived in such a way that uh, that he wouldn't have to change a thing if he yeah. found out that he had 30 days to live. So let's go ahead and unpack this idea. Well, it's a, it's a fascinating concept. I think if you were to set a, a secondary uh, title to the study, it would be living a life with no regrets. The, the idea of having one month to live, living in such a fashion uh, that we would not change a thing were we to have the diagnosis given to us that we had 30 days. When you look at the life of Jesus, it's fascinating that the principles that he framed his life out in and, and the pattern that he gave to his life as he made his way to the, in obedience to his father's will all the way to Calvary. Scott, uh, we'll talk about over these four sessions how it is that Jesus lived passionately. Uh, and, and so what, what a wonderful thing it would be for you and I, and that's what we'll talk a little bit about today is how to live a passionate life. What are the kind of things that are necessary to build passion into our, our lives? He lived, uh, uh, loved fully. Uh, he learned humbly and he left life boldly, uh, leaving, uh, certainly for all of us, the example to follow. But today, uh, I wanted to spend some time talking about living uh, passionately. Jesus didn't have to change a thing. As, as he neared the cross and uh, the, the hour of, of had come for him to do what it was that the Father had ordained that he do in the giving of his life to Calvary, he was set resolutely to follow through. Uh, there was nothing that had to shift or alter or change. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so when I look at living passionately, three things uh, really spoke to me as I, as I studied and prepared for this. Uh, number one is that life goes by very, very rapidly. Uh, I know we live as though we're going to live a thousand years. I was teasing some just the other day that, you know, when you're, when you're first born, the human condition makes us look at life in a particular way. I mean, when you're when you're young and growing towards the, your early 20s, uh, you hear kids say, well, I'm 14 and a half, or I'm 15 and a half. And I ask the question, when's the last time you heard a 70-year-old say, I'm 70 and a half? Mm -hmm. we, we just don't do it. Somewhere in the, in the early part of our lives, we, we are under the impression that it's all going to be getting better and better and better and better as far as... Uh, and it can, uh, as far as the age fools us a little bit, but, but uh, there's a time when we realize that we are, are closer to home in heaven than we are to the things down here. So how do I live my life 
passionately all the way to the end. Well, number one, if I recognize the, the brevity of life, the psalmist says in Psalms 90, teach us, O Lord, to number our days and recognize how few they are and help us to spend them as we should. I, I think the idea is having the ability to weigh out the, 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 the value of life. If you want to live a passionate life, you have to have a profound appreciation for the gift that's been given you. And so Jesus certainly understood, uh, and we need to understand the brevity of life. Uh, it, it, it helps us to then understand and the importance of having the abundant life that he offers us. When you look at it, if you did a, a quick inventory of your life, do you live now uh, with eternity in mind? I, I think if I took people's calendars and checkbooks uh, and just sat them down, I could tell you pretty quickly what their real priorities were, irrespective of what they may think their priorities are. Now, a priority is something that we regard as more important than something else. And so the, for the Christian, especially for the one who would know God's will and purpose for their life, it's extremely important that, that we understand uh, the, the brevity of life and that we live now uh, with eternity in mind. We have to avoid, Scott, uh, what, what uh, Chuck says in his book uh, is the danger of being caught up in the, uh, the uh, someday syndrome. And, uh, you know, someday I'm going to take my family on a vacation. Someday I'm going to be the father I said I was going to be. Someday I'm going to be that better husband I promised to be. Whatever it may be, and it almost echoes the old sentiment of the song, Tim McGraw, country song, that he sang uh, that says, live like you were dying. And, uh, and he talks about the things that he would begin to do if the diagnosis came in. So living uh, life uh, with an awareness of its brevity uh, helps us. We have to have a heart of wisdom, Scott, uh, that only God can give. Uh, if we're going to live that life out as God designs us to. Uh, a second thing that, uh, that Jesus did uh, that, that helps me in thinking about how to live with passion in my life is the establishment of priorities. Uh, uh, Jesus', Jesus mind and heart and will and desires were all set towards the, the fulfillment of his father's will there in Calvary. I knew that. We know that in the reading of scripture. When you and I set priorities that are God-honoring in our lives, it, it enables us to live with purpose and passion and, uh, uh, and a way that, that, that will honor him. So he, he calls on us to do those kind of things, to, to set priorities that, that honor him. I even think about doing a personal inventory of your priorities. Uh, what do you say that is the most important things in your life right now? Write it out on a piece of paper and, and then calendar yourself for 30 days to, to see what you actually do with your time. I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm probably convicted more, if that's a word folks understand anymore these days, I'm convicted more by the fact in a social media age how much time we I won't say uh, waste, but, but we spend a lot of time doing things that are, are just really not as significant 
as I think the Lord would have me to, to focus on. So I asked you, would they, would your priorities, if you wrote them out, reveal what your, what your true and real desires are? Do they express what you think others see in you? That's, it's important to know, am I living out uh, my, my true priorities? Because I really believe this, our, our priorities are our roadmap uh, to where we're headed. Uh, they pretty much, if you watch what a person sets as his priorities, you can pretty much indicate where he's going uh, down the road. Whether it's towards things he wants or whether it's towards things God wants, it's a, it's a, it's, and we have that choice. That's the dash we're living in between. If I understand the brevity of my life, if I understand that I need to have priorities that guide me, I can live with more passion and purpose in what I'm doing. When you think about even, even the word passion, Scott, uh, means to live with fervency and zealousness, uh, enthusiasm, focus. Uh, am I compelled from within to do something? And, I, you know, I've been retired now several years from full-time ministry, but there's still something on the inside of me that keeps pushing me forward and saying that, that, you know, there's a goal that we're seeking to achieve. Uh, there's an end that we're trying to reach. And so I want to, to recognize the time that God has given me and set priorities that keep me on the path of achieving that. And then finally, uh, if I am going to live a passionate life, it only comes, uh, Scott, by being connected with the one who is the source of it. Uh, you know, Jesus, it's fascinating to me in John chapter three, when Nicodemus came to see him, schooled and learned, trained in the, in the law uh, among the finest in all of Israel. Yet he did not understand when Jesus said, a man must be born again. You know, he, he and, and Jesus used two words for life there. It's fascinating in the original language. He talked about life, bios, which is physical life, our, our physical being, and he used the word zoe or spiritual life or life from above, life born of the spirit of God in the heart of an individual. And he said, Nicodemus, you've got life physical, but to enter the kingdom of God, you must have life spiritual, that which is God given. And uh, in fact, no man, he said, should enter the kingdom of God unless they be born again. So this idea of being uh, born from above, being connected to him who is the source of life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. Uh, meeting Jesus, absolutely essential. If we're going to live a life of priorities and understand the context of the brevity of life that he's given us, uh, but, but also to, to know that we must remain connected to him. You've jumped a few chapters forward in that same gospel of John. And Jesus said, uh, I am the vine and my father is the husbandman. The whole idea that by remaining in him, his life flowing through us is the only way to, to enjoy the abundant life, the full life that God would have, the passionate life. That, that God would have us uh, to experience. Now, you, you'll notice in everything that I'm talking about today, I've, I'm, some people shoot with a shotgun. I'm trying to shoot with a rifle uh, when I, when I, as far as the truth that I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritual life. 
you can give yourself to a plethora of things that are out there and be very passionate about them. But only one leads to where I want you to end up at the end of this discussion today. Because when you, when you sum it up, Scott, for me, if, if I had something, if you say, Jim, what would you tell uh, the listeners today uh, about the passion of Jesus as, as the example for you and I? Certainly, I, I talked to you about understanding that we need to live like Jesus modeled it for us and how he lived, that, that we need to live conscious of the fact that life is brief. Uh, it is a gift to us. And, and we need to, to uh, embrace it as such and, and not squander it or waste it away on things that are, are temporary and temporal and fleeting and perishing as this world offers us every day. Set your priorities on spiritual things. Uh, uh, priorities are important, Scott. Spiritual priorities are all important. And, and we have to set them. They become the roadmap. For, for you and I living our lives. And then finally, only connectedness. Connectedness to him who is the source of life, to, to know him and to live in him, connected every day with his life flowing in us and through us and out of us, with, with the father, his father being the, the husbandman who prunes away things in our lives that, that keep us from being productive for him. I read one story, and I'll finish up with this. I read one story about how, how it is that uh, even among Christians, it's so easy to get caught up in the idea of trying to be spiritually uh, uh, productive. You know, that's the only way that I feel like I'm doing anything is if I'm productive. And, and, and the, 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 uh, the illustration talked about being spiritually healthy rather than focusing on being spiritually productive. And it went to John 15. And, you know, Jesus says there, if we abide in him and he abides in us, we will produce much fruit. So we strain and strive and stress over trying to be spiritually healthy when Jesus, I mean, spiritually productive when Jesus says, I want you to be spiritually healthy because it's then with my spirit in you that things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control can be ever increasing in us as we live passionately after his purpose for our life and uh, with priorities that will in, in, enhance and enable us to accomplish that. But that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at in this first, this first thought of living passionately. Uh, Jesus didn't have to change a thing. Uh, that's who he was. And, and if I read my New Testament right, I, I think at the end of time, uh, when we stand before the Lord, it will be those who, who lived almost unknowingly, unconsciously that they were even doing it, but like that that will be the pleasing to him. Scott, listen, I am 70 years old. Uh, I crested, I mentioned earlier that, every, you know, the first half of your life, you think you just go, this is it, I've got it. But, but there comes a time when physiologically, you crest a hill. And, and from that point on, you're probably closer, the scripture says three score and 10. 
Scott, I'm probably I'm on borrowed time. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm living a gift according to the scriptures every day of my life. And I know that. It's not that God sets and arbitrates a particular time. None of us know when the the the, the time is that will be the second date on that that headstone. So to live life now, recognizing that that it does have an end. You know, there's a time in my life uh, to maybe a bad illustration, but I, you know, everybody lives like they're bulletproof. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to slow me down until it does. So if I can live with a, with an awareness that every day that I get up and open my eyes and set my feet on the floor, that God has given me a gift today. Uh, my granddaughter it called me yesterday and said, uh, we're going to see them in North Carolina. And she says, do you want to run the Gobbler, which is a 5K race? And if you ask me physiologically, humanly, do I want to, <laughs> with it probably being in the low 20s or upper teens while, while we're there? I know. <laughs> but you know what my priority is? I love my family. And so you know what I will do? I will brave the elements and I will run by my granddaughter and thankful for the opportunity to spend just a little bit of time with her. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, if, if, if these are the investments that I can make, I understand God only gives me so many opportunities. I want to take advantage of them, Scott. That's the brevity of life. Understand living life in the context of its brevity is to understand that I don't have uh, an unlimited amount of it. So it's brief, set your priorities, and stay connected to Jesus. Simple, simple stuff for me. That's how we can live passionately. Yeah, that'll keep the passion moving in us. Because it keeps us focused, Scott. Appreciate your insight into uh, uh, if we have just uh, one month to live. Let's just take a moment to pray and pray for our listeners today. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for the example of Jesus who lived passionately. Thank you that uh, he didn't have to change a thing. When it came time to go to the cross, he just kept walking with God, following the will of the Father, living pleasing to you, filled with the Spirit given over completely to your purpose and will for his life. Grant, Lord, that we might be that way. So that when we come back together, if you give us another 30 days, when we come back together in February, that we will have increased our passion quotient and we will have lived as though we just had those 30 days. So grant us strength and passion to do that. Thank you for Jim. For his heart and his message to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks so much, Jim. Anything else that you'd want to say before we go? No, brother. I feel like I've, I've taken up all your time here. Thank you so much. You have invested yourself into our lives over these last 30 minutes, and we, we do appreciate that. Thanks for being on, and I look forward to having you come back next month. And be with us on Casual Conversations. And I trust our listeners will join us the first uh, Tuesday of February as well. 
as we come back, but don't miss the uh, episodes in between now and then Absolutely. Uh, join us again on casual conversation. And remember to ask yourself this question, how would you live differently if you had one month to live? God bless you. Thanks for listening in on Casual Conversations brought to you by Momentum Ministries. Visit our website at MomentumMinistries.org. That's Momentum Ministries with two M's in the middle, dot O-R-G. God bless you and have a great day.